Planet Football Podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. It's smart mobile accounting designed specifically for freelancers and small business owners. You can try FreshBooks for 30 days on us with no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com sports and enter sports in the how you heard about us section. You know, coming from uh, from college and, you know, signing uh, for Houston and playing under Dom for four and a half years. I remember he pulled me aside uh, in my first season. He said, I think you'll have a great career. He's like, but I think, you know, eventually you could be playing at the highest level and, and be playing for representing your national team. Are you feeling good about your role again as a central defender with a national team? Um, I don't, I'm not too sure. Welcome to SI's Planet Football Podcast, where each week we discuss the latest in the world of soccer. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by a stacked Planet Football crew. We have SI senior writer Grant Wall, SI.com's Brian Strauss, SI.com's Leave You Bird, and SI.com and Planet Football Podcast producer, Alex Abnos. Later on, we also have U.S. Men's National Team and Stoke City's Jeff Cameron. So stay tuned. We have got a lot in store but the MLS season kicks off on Sunday. The preseason, otherwise known as the CONCACAF Champions League, is over for MLS teams. Uh, and we are going to look ahead to all 20 teams uh, in the MLS season coming up. Um, Portland Timbers, the reigning champions, of course. Um, and they have a title to defend. We're going to start with the Western Conference. And guys, what I want to do is just kind of go rapid fire, just whip around each of these teams. Uh, we've got 20 teams in MLS. Let's take 20 seconds. 20 and 20. Sound about right? Sounds good. Yeah. Fantastic. Brian, I want to start with you. Uh, the Colorado Rapids. Give me give me your thoughts on this team. Uh, Western Conference's worst entering this year. It's an amazing stat that they had the high, their highest attendance in a decade last year, and that'll make the front office happy. Uh, but I don't have much faith in this front office to do anything else right. They dismantled their 2010 champion. They dismantled the team Oscar Pereja built in 2013. And now, according to reports, they think they're going to solve their problems by spending millions on a 37-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if if that's if Tim Howard is is the answer to all of their all of their problems. Uh, Grant FC Dallas uh, Western Conference, one of their the best teams in the West last year. Uh, what do you got? I really like this team. Oscar Pereira is doing good things. Uh, the big question for me is Maxi Arudi good enough to be their starting center forward? Uh, some questions there, but Moro Diaz to me is uh, a guy who could be the MVP in this league. Really like what he brings, and Fabian Castillo is still with them, so that's good for them. Exactly. That was one sticking point of during the year that they could have sold him off for, for a big payday. They didn't. They have him, and he's great. Leave you. Houston Dynamo did not make the playoffs a year ago. Uh, what, what do you think about, about Owen Coyle's side? Didn't make the playoffs a year ago. I think they might struggle to do so this year as well. Um, this It's all about consistency for them. I mean, they brought in 10 players and shipped out 12, so it's it's going to be difficult for them to, to come together as a team with that kind of overhaul. Um, obviously, Kubo Torres is still there, but um, let's see if he can score some goals this year. Indeed. Uh, definitely had a, an, an off year a year ago. Um, Alex, LA Galaxy, spent a, a lot on some older veteran players. What do you think? Yeah, every, everybody they added is good, but everybody they added is old. Uh, Jelly Van Dam, Ashley Cole, Nigel DeYoung, all excellent players, but you know, can they withstand the grind of an MLS season? I think that's the big question. Uh, but Bruce doesn't really care about the regular season. It's all about getting these guys ready to rock in the playoffs. And playoff time is, is when the LA Galaxy typically do their thing. Um, 
Portland Timbers. I'm, I'm going to take this one. To me, the Timbers are the most stable franchise in, in MLS. They're obviously the defending champions, so they get benefit of the doubt of that. But Caleb Porter, long-term extension. Darlington Nagme, reportedly, long-term extension. Got an owner that cares. They've got a style of play that you know who they are when they take the field. They have an identity. They have a lot of new faces that they'll need to work in to defend their title. But I, I just think they're in good shape. Uh, Brian, Real Salt Lake. Uh, I feel like this is the last gasp for what's left of, of an amazing core. Beckerman's about to turn 34. Uh, Morales is 36. Uh, could be lean times ahead for a club that let Jason Christ and Garth Lagerwey get away. Um, you know, I hope they figure it out. This is a team with the silliest identity in North American sports that built a real identity with a style of play and great fan support. Uh, but I worry that what we like so much about RSL might be slipping away. We'll see. Definitely a, a great crowd at their CCL game uh, against Tigres in the second leg. Got eliminated, but uh, definitely a great atmosphere at Rio Tinto Stadium. You can count on that. Grant, the San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah, I look at San Jose, and I like the new stadium they've got. I like Dom Kinnear, but I, it's hard for me to see them making a run to the playoffs. They missed out last year. The West is tough. Uh, you know, Simon Dawkins as their DP signing doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah, uh, I think that, that surprised a lot of people, maybe raised some eyebrows. Good player. Good player. Done well for them in the past. Uh, Livio, the Seattle Sounders in your backyard in Washington. What do you think? Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, they've they changed the system basically to fit Jordan Morris into the lineup. So now they're playing a 4-3-3. I lost over Femi Martins to China. Going to be under a lot of scrutiny this year. Um, you know, uh, the defensive core is is starting to age a bit. They've got multiple players in their 30s. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be similar to the Galaxy, you know. All right, Alex, your, your hometown squad, Sporting Kansas City. What do you think? Uh, the big question is whether Christian Namath's departure will leave them hungry for goals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or will Justin put them back on the map of MLS Cup contenders? No, seriously. Christian Namath is a big loss. Uh, Justin Mapp and Brad Davis are big additions. It all depends about how they and Graham Zussi can make up that uh, goal shortage. I, I love that you came ready with that. Uh, <laughs> I'll close out the Western Conference with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, to me, this this is the team. I think their their evolution is, is going to hit that next level. Uh, and I can honestly see them getting out of the West. They made some fantastic additions. Their central defense is Waston and Tim Parker. They're great. Kakuta Mane, I think, is a player who's going to break out this year. David Usted, uh, reigning goalkeeper of the year for the league. They've got all the pieces. I think this is their year to make MLS Cup. And there you go. That was easy. MLS Western <laughs> Conference in 20 seconds uh, or less. Um, now let's 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 get a little more grander scope with this. Um, Grant, Western Conference uh, has been tougher than the East. Um, in most, you know, recent years to a lesser degree. Last year, you saw Columbus, New York. New York won Supporters Shield, of course. Uh, do you see it continuing, though, in 2016? Is the West really where, where all the meat is? In the I think this is where the best teams in the league are, and, and it's a little unfortunate because of that that the Supporters Shield winner has less of a chance of coming out of the West just because the competition is so good. Um, you know, you look at Vancouver, and everything you say rings true, that this is a team that could... Uh, be the best team in the regular season in the West this season. But then the big question again is, can they do anything in the playoffs? Because they haven't done that basically in their history in MLS. And that included last year. They just sort of folded as Portland came in and put them away without too much trouble in Vancouver. That's true. And that's that's the one question for them. Uh, Brian, do you see another team um, either likely to surprise in a good way or a bad way in the West? Uh, I, I wonder about the LA Galaxy. I wonder if uh, some of these older players have what it takes to get through a season. I wonder if, you know, Steven Gerrard has been unconvincing so far and is such a key 
uh, linchpin in that team the way it's constructed now. Uh, if Robbie Keane isn't amazing uh, this year and he does have the Euros to look forward to, I wonder if LA is going to have to really scrape to make the playoffs in uh, August and September. That's interesting. I was actually thinking about that as well. Um, I think we take for granted how good they are and how good they've been and that Bruce is just going to get it right. But Yeah, he gets the benefit of the doubt all the time, but, you know, there's a, you know past success is no guarantee of future success, and, and there's a lot about this team to wonder about. Yeah, definitely a, a new look LA Galaxy uh, from what we're, what we're kind of used to. Um, Liv, you want to want to close with some some under the radar players, maybe some guys who who are on the cusp of taking that next step. Uh, any anyone that springs to your mind from from the Western Conference? Well, there's a couple of people. Um, you know, Lucas Milano in Portland is an interesting one. Uh, I wonder, you know, second year guys who come in from from overseas generally tend to do or from foreign countries anyway tend to do better. Uh, and he was very good at the end of last season. So I wonder if he'll, he'll have a breakout. Like Grant mentioned, uh, you know, Maxi Rudy now in Dallas, kind of interested to see what he can do um, with a bit more of a, perhaps a bit more of a central role with Blas Perez moving on. Um, and then in Seattle, I like Christian Roldan. I mean, I've liked him since before he was drafted. I watched him at University of Washington. He seems to be getting more time um, kind of in Ozzy Alonso's role in the number six this year. Uh, as Alonzo is, I mean, he was on the trading block in the offseason. So um, who knows? Maybe this could be the year that Roldan gets some good minutes and, and really uh, shows what he can do at this level. There you have it. The Western Conference. Uh, this is how it's going to play out. So you're welcome. Just saved you a few months. <laughs> uh, we are going to take a quick break and, and then come back and do the same with the East. best teams in MLS and around the world typically have some superstar players, but you know what? They also have a very strong support system behind them to lead them to glory and to championships and trophies. The same goes for your business, and FreshBooks is here to help. For the best way to manage your books and make tax season easy, tax season, that's coming, guys. Don't procrastinate. Get FreshBooks, a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices extremely simple for freelancers and small business owners. FreshBooks stands out where it really counts, getting you paid. You can create and send professional invoices in just 30 seconds. You'll see exactly when your client looked at the invoice you've emailed, tracking the status of all of our outstanding invoices for you. FreshBooks can even send late payment reminders to your clients automatically, which means you're not wasting time chasing down and fighting clients for payment. The results speak for themselves. FreshBooks users get paid five days faster on average. Don't just take my word for it. Right now, FreshBooks is offering our listeners 30 days of unrestricted use, totally free, and you don't need a credit card to sign up. Just go to freshbooks.com sports and enter sports and how you heard about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash sports and enter sports and how you heard about us section. Okay, welcome back. Eastern Conference time, guys. Uh, again, we've got 10 teams like we did for the other 10 in the Western Conference. 20 seconds apiece. Let's whip around and uh, and give a, a synopsis of, of what we got coming out of the East. Liv, you, I want to start with you. Chicago Fire, you spent some time out in Portland uh, at the preseason tournament that they were playing at. You were impressed by them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team? I was impressed. You know, new manager who won the Under-20 World Cup with Serbia. A lot of new players, a very flexible system. They played kind of 4-4-1-1, and uh, they played five in the back against Portland in the last game. So looks like they should have some flexibility, and I'm really interested to see uh, what Panovic can do in MLS. He's, he's a good coach. 
the unpopular move of shipping out Harry Ship. Uh, no pun intended there. Um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. He's in a new place in Montreal. We'll get to him in a little bit, or we'll get to them in a little bit. Grant first, Columbus Crew SC, the reigning runners-up in MLS Cup. I really like this team. They got Kai Kamara's contract worked out, and I think he's going to have a really productive year getting balls from Federico Higuain and from out wide with so many guys that they have, including Ethan Finley. Uh, you know, Greg Burhalter has established his bona fides. They went out really dif- in a difficult way in the final at home, but uh, I think they're going to challenge to win the East. They start the season at Portland in a rematch of the MLS Cup final. That should be a great game to watch on Sunday. Brian, DC United in your backyard uh, got booted from CCL like the other three MLS teams. Uh, with them, Ben Olsen's squad, what's it, what's it looking like? Still in limbo here in Washington. We are waiting for shovels to hit the ground. Uh, only a new stadium is going to put this team on track to really contend with the league heavyweights. Olsen's great at keeping them competitive. He always gets the most out of his players. Uh, and he's going to have to do it again uh, and hope that Luciano Acosta is the Argentine version of Giovinco. That would be something for them. Bill Hamid's knee injury, a huge thing for them, for me. And also losing Perry Kitchen. They brought in a few replacements for him, but that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, Alex, the Montreal Impact. Didier Dragba's Montreal Impact. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to like in this Montreal team. Front to back, it looks like they have a pretty solid starting 11. But like you said, so much rests on the shoulders of Didier Drogba. If he shows the kind of form he showed towards the end of last season, where he scored, I believe, 11 goals in 11 games, uh, they'll be great. But uh, if not, it, it, it might be tough because they don't have a whole lot of other options up there. We had Drogba on the podcast uh, after the season ended, and we asked him if he'd get 30 goals this year. He said that was the challenge. <laughs> then he almost left for Chelsea. But that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. All right, the New England Revolution. I, I just wonder if they've plateaued. Honestly, I, I like all the pieces that they have. Uh, obviously, losing Jermaine Jones, and he'll tell you how valuable he was to that team, uh, isn't going to help. Um, they've got a, a great attack. It's just that they haven't been able to take that next step yet, and they didn't really radically change their team. So I just wonder, can the same group of guys go better? I, I just don't know. Um, Liv, you, New York City FC in year two. What do you think? Yeah, uh, full season of David Villa, Frank Lampard, and Andrea Pirlo playing together with a new manager, Patrick Vieira, who has zero MLS experience. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can pull together. I think they'll be better than last year on the fields, uh, on the cusp of making the playoffs. But, um, I mean, the only word I can think of is interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch. Indeed. Brian, their crosstown rival, the New York Red Bulls, who swept the first season series between the two. For the first time in a long time, the Red Bulls were likable. This is a likable team, uh, a, a competent front office with a direction, a good locker room. Uh, you know, it's now about the playoffs for this team. They've won two supporter shields in the past three years. They've got to get a step further. They've had they've got a, they had a quiet off season. We'll have to replace Matt Miazga. Hope for more from Gonzalo Barone, and uh, hope to take the next step and make the MLS Cup final. And that's what they need to do to to please their fan base for sure. Eager for an MLS Cup title, Grant Orlando City. Well, when I look at Orlando City, uh, Antonio Notorino is the big question. Is this a guy who can come into the league? Uh, he played at AC Milan, hadn't played much lately, but theoretically could have a really big impact on helping Kaká be Kaká even more often. Uh, I look at a lot of young guys on this team, Kyle Laren, 17 goals last year, uh, and I, I see possibilities. Possibilities are, are nice. Uh, another hungry fan base did well at the gate and wants a winner. Uh, Alex, the Philadelphia Union. Uh, this year is all about finally finding their footing under a new uh, management structure. Ernie Stewart has come in and uh, retained Jim Curtin as coach. I think the consistent the consistency there is going to be nice uh, for a team that's had a lot of upheaval throughout pretty much its entire existence. So this year is all about building. 
All right, and I'll close with Toronto FC. Uh, you're going to laugh, but I, I kind of liken the situation to Chelsea. Chelsea, before they won their most recent Premier League title, they had some obvious needs, they filled them, and they went on to win the title. Toronto FC, obvious needs, they went out. Clint Irwin, Stephen Bateshore, Drew Moore, Will Johnson, all complimentary players to the stars that they have. They fill those roles. I'm picking Toronto FC to make MLS Cup final. That's right. Toronto FC, Vancouver, in MLS Cup in December. Pack your parkas. That will do it for our MLS whip around on the Eastern Conference. 20 teams, 20 seconds each. Very nice, guys. Well done. Uh, real quick, just to, to finish up this Eastern Conference talk. Uh, Brian, is there any other team uh, along the lines of, of what Columbus was able to do last year to, to kind of take that leap and, and get into the upper echelon of, of MLS? I think you just mentioned them, Toronto. I mean, they barely scraped into the playoffs last year. Uh, if not for the expansion to six teams in each conference, they wouldn't have made it. Uh, but they've got another year of Bradley, Javinko, Altidore. They they went ahead and, and, and rebuilt that defense, have a better goalkeeper. Um, you know, they're ready to challenge the elite in this conference. It's still a very top-heavy conference. I still think you see Columbus, uh, New York, and perhaps now Toronto is the elite. Uh, maybe Montreal, uh, if Didier Drogba stays healthy and, and, and finds a vein of form. Uh, so th this is a top-heavy group. And I think you'll see the uh, conference champion come out of those uh, one of those four teams. Yeah, Brian, I, I couldn't agree more. We actually had Josie Altidore uh, in studio at, at SIHQ uh, earlier this week. He was making the rounds in New York City. And he talked about the, the high expectations that Toronto FC has this year. Some serious expectations on this Toronto football club this yeah. year. You guys made a lot of improvements in the offseason. You have the league MVP. Um, how much pressure are you guys putting on yourself to win it all this year? I mean, you know as much as I do, you know, pressure in, in, in our in our industries, it comes with the territory. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and kind of focus on what you can control in terms of, you know, how you prepare yourself for games, you know, what we do when we're on the field. And, and if we can come together as a team, that's the biggest thing for us. And like you said, we have everything in place. We have the team MVP, you know, returning to us, obviously, with Sebastian. And we have Michael, who who is the, the anchor and, and the captain, the leader, and myself. So I think we'll look to, to improve the season and, and hopefully make a deeper run in the playoff. Thinking about your entire career, all the stops you've made, are these the highest expectations you've ever had for a team you've played on this year with Toronto FC? Um, I, I mean, it's tough. You know, like you just said, 10 years, I think each year I've had pretty high expectations in terms of what people expect and, and what goals you have to reach. But that's, like I said, part of being a professional. And this show will be no different. Uh, people expect a lot of our team. And, you know, we hope to to try and fulfill those those expectations in regards to what we're trying to do. Obviously, we want to win a championship, but at the same time, we're growing with Toronto. It's it's a new project, a new a new time in the city, and, and we have to take it step by step. Okay, last question before we wrap this up, uh, Livy. I know we talked about Harry Ship as a as a guy who could potentially do some damage this year in, in a new situation. What do you think about some of the other players uh, under the radar, perhaps, or, or guys who are ready to take that next leap in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, Harry Ship. I mean, he's going to have some some attacking pieces around him in Montreal that he didn't have in Chicago. Obviously, he's going to be have uh, he's going to have Didier Drogba to send balls into, and he's shown that he can finish in this league. You know, have Ignacio Piatti, have um, you know other guys around him who will hopefully provide the support that he wasn't receiving, um, and you know, give him a chance to score goals as well. He likes to cut in from the wing, so Harry Ship could could be a breakout player this year. Um, you know, Quadro Poku is another one who I liked last year. I like him again this year. Uh, Vieira had some really nice things to say about him. So did David Villa. Um, so he, he could be another one who could break out. And then obviously Orlando has a, a whole host of, of young players and they've made their reputation on playing the kids. And Adrian Heath is not afraid to do so. 
Um, Kyle Laren, obviously rookie of the year, broke the goal scoring record last year. I think we'll see a similar performance from somebody. Can't even name him because because who knows which one of them it'll be. But from somebody on the Orlando City roster this year. All right, and there you have it. That'll do it for our Eastern Conference wrap up. Uh, for more predictions, definitely check us out uh, on Planet Football um, and and give us your thoughts on on what you think of our picks. We we could be right, we could be wrong. You could be right. Uh, so definitely let us know. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll have Jeff Cameron and Grant Wall one-on-one. We want to give a warm welcome to two new hosts on the SI Podcast Network. Andrew Sharp and Ben Golliver are two guys with a real knowledge and passion for basketball. They're doing a weekly edition of Open Floor, SI's NBA podcast. But don't worry, Lee Jenkins isn't going anywhere. Now you get two shows in one just by subscribing to the Open Floor podcast. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SI.com slash podcast. We've got a special guest today on the Planet Football Podcast. He's one of the last of a rare breed, which is U.S. national team field players who are in the English Premier League. He is Stoke City's Jeff Cameron. Thanks for speaking to the podcast, Jeff. Thanks for having me today. So I just kind of want to start with that. Why are you such a rare breed at this point? Uh, The U.S. field player who's still in the Premier League, you're doing well with Stoke, but there's not too many of you guys left. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's honestly, I guess it, uh, we're becoming a rare breed over here. Um, you know, obviously with Tim, Brad, and uh, DeAndre here. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's you know, obviously um, Tim, Timmy, and uh, and Danny over in the championship as well, and um, a few other the guys. So, I mean, for me, it's just. Uh, I just an opportunity that I've always wanted in my career. And I was given the opportunity, um, you know, when I was playing for Dominic Kinnear and, and I told him that I wanted to, to challenge myself and, and, and never, never want to question myself at the end of my career and saying, you know, was I good enough? What I've been able to play over there, what I've been able to do well. Um, and I didn't want to have any doubt in my mind. And, uh, you know, I was given the opportunity to play for Stoke city and um, just kind of, Every opportunity you try to get, you try to take full advantage of it. And uh, been over here four seasons now, and and I love it. Nice, uh, Stoke doing pretty well this season. Uh, you're back on the field after an ankle injury. You played two games in the past week, won them both. And I, I kind of crunched the numbers. The stats say that Stoke is better this season when you are on the field. Uh, you've played in. 20 league games this season, and Stoke has 1.7 points per game when you play and just 1.0 points per game when you don't play. Do you take some pride in that? Um, yeah, I mean, you could say so. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm confident in my ability and what I can produce and what I can show, and, and I think that this season um, I've shown that. I think that this is probably one of my best seasons I've had. Uh, because I was comfortable, I was confident. Um, you know, I was rested from the summer, and um, I felt fresh going into the season. And uh, you know, Mark Hughes said, you know, they wanted to use me at center half and center mid. Um, you know, and, and and the perfect example is this this week where you know I came off of a six month uh, six week injury. I trained a couple of days, and then I was back on the pitch for you know this past weekend and played ninety minutes, and then two days later I'm playing. You know, I had to move to right back because 
you know, we had an injury um, in, in the middle of the first half. So uh, it allows me to play in a number of positions, uh, but he knows that I'm a, I prefer defensive midfielder center half. And, you know, he gave me that opportunity this season and I kind of went with it and I felt, uh, you know, felt great. Um, I was showing my ability that, you know, my strengths where I've always said that anywhere in the center of the park is where I can be used at best. And, you know, maybe the first couple of seasons I was kind of, hindered a bit because I was playing right back um, in a position where I can play, but I'm not as comfortable or, you know, uh, as confident or, you know, I can't really show my true, true strengths, but I can get the job done and I'll do whatever I can for the team. Um, and I think I've done that this season, but saying that um, it's always good to hear that, you know, the team does well when you're playing um, and maybe that isn't, maybe I can use that when I go into Maybe renegotiate uh, <laughs> of the contract, but um, but yeah, no. Obviously, it, it was tough watching the team, um, kind of you know uh, when I was injured and just watching them and kind of going a little bit of a, a rut or you know not do so well and you know hoping that any way you can get back and get back as quick as you can and do whatever you can to help out the team. It's always a good thing. I remember we were actually on the same flight after the MLS Cup. Uh, in LA one year. Um, and I think that was right before you went over to England. Um, and uh, I'm curious to know, you know, I saw you play a lot in MLS, seen you play a lot in England. How do you view how your game has changed since you moved from Houston to Stoke? That's, that's an honest, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know, maybe... I think I've always the one thing I have the heart, I have the desire uh, and the de- dedication, like the willingness to, to to put the effort in and the work in to do whatever we have to do to win. Um, I hate losing, um, and I hate getting beat. And I think just uh, my ability, my touches on the ball, maybe my technical ability, my awareness, my intelligence of the game, tactically, um, is it has improved. And I think, you know, coming from uh, from college and, you know, signing uh, for Houston and playing under Dom for four and a half years, um, he was instrumental in my career and, and taught me so much. He gave me so much confidence. He believed in me and believed in my ability. And he told me from day one, I remember he pulled me aside in one of the, I think it was the first couple months of, of, of the season, my first season. He said, I think you'll have a great career. He said, just listen to me. If I give you advice, try to take it on and and and, um, and and use it to your advantage. He's like, but I think you know, eventually you could be playing at the highest level and and be playing for representing your national team and and doing all these types of things. So um, I kind of just from that moment on, I just kind of dealt with it and I said, you know, I want to get better. I want to reach the highest level that I can possibly reach and and push myself as a professional. Mm-hmm. Now, Stokes in seventh place today, uh, and you're just five points out of a Champions League spot. What's your goal for the rest of the season? Well, we said since, uh, since day one, we always have a meeting in the beginning of preseason, and kind of throughout the season, we have different uh, goals, and we kind of break down the season in, in uh, certain areas where we want to get so many points here, so many points there, and at the end of the year, you have a total of you know whatever points. Last year, I think we finished with 50-something points. Um, and we finished ninth place uh, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. This year, obviously, we want to break that record. 
Um, and we broke a lot of records last year. The most wins away, most most wins at home. A um, lot, a lot of results with goals, goals against, goals forward, shutouts, all that kind of stuff. We kind of broke it down uh, last year and, and kind of compared numbers. And this year we want to obviously beat that and and, and uh, you know break 55 points to get mm-hmm. to 60 points. Um, get higher than we were last year. Finish instead of eighth. I mean, instead of ninth. Maybe we can push to eighth, seventh, or sixth, and mm-hmm. and push for the Europa League spot. And that's our goal. We obviously want to get to the Europa League, mm-hmm. but and we, and we know how difficult it is. I mean, you look at the teams that are not even in the top six, that are you know teams like Chelsea, um, and then you have Man U, Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Leicester City's up there. You know, like you have those teams that you wouldn't really expect, and you have Arsenal and, and Tottenham and uh, Leicester and they're right there. And then Man U, Man City are just on the outskirts with Liverpool. And, and then we're right there as well. So um, for people to say that we aren't a big club, I think you have to think, think twice because um, the last couple of years we finished in the top 10 mm-hmm. and we're pushing, we're competing with the teams that are in, uh, that are in the, um, you know, the top six. Uh, but it's just a matter of being consistent throughout the season. And that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but for, for, for me, it's, we know how difficult Europa league is, mm-hmm. you know, with the schedule, you've seen it with Everton, you've seen it with Tottenham, you've seen it with Liverpool, you know, they play, uh, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a few parts of the, the season and it takes a toll on them. But at the same time, you want to be playing those big games in, in those tournaments. A lot of people don't realize that you were a real long shot for professional success. You were the 42nd pick in the 2008 MLS draft by Houston. What was your path in the sport from, from where you grew up to, to getting drafted? Oh, wow. It's, um, it wasn't an easy road. You know, I, I was, I remember people saying I was too small and that I wasn't, you know, strong enough. I was 4'11 my freshman year of high school Wow. I was on the Mass ODP team, Massachusetts ODP team, and I went from there, um, went to the regional team, uh, ID camp, and got selected. But then I was told that I was too small and I wasn't strong enough. Um, and then I didn't, and I, I didn't, and I was told not, uh, you know, so I didn't go back to ODP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always had the technical ability back then. It just, um, it was just one of those things that they, they wanted other players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, going to go to high school, and then getting a recruited to go to college, and then going to college. And I mean, there were colleges that passed. You know, took a pass on me because I was I was too skinny and I wasn't strong enough. I mean, I was I went from four eleven to six one in, in about a year. Wow! So um, I had a pretty good uh, had a big growth spurt, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it was one of those where I thought I was really, really quick, but then I would beat a guy and then all of a sudden the guy would come right back, you know, and pop right back into my face because I was so slow because I didn't grow into my body and it just took some time. Mm. Uh, but then I finally, once I started getting comfortable, um, I could show my my strengths and my abilities. And then that's when I got the opportunity to go to West Virginia University for a couple of years. Um, and then I ended up transferred out going to University of Rhode Island and Mm-hmm. I got uh, midfield player of the year, and that's what kind of got me into the opportunity of going to the MLS Combine. Okay. And then, 
going to the MLS Combine to getting selected by Houston. And my my advice to anybody is when you never, whenever you're given an opportunity or a chance, you have to take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid dreaming that I, I've always wanted to play professional soccer. I've always wanted to play in the MLS and in the Premier League and play at the highest level I can possibly play at. And um, you, there's sacrifices that you have to make along the way. And um, and that's that's what I did. And I, I did whatever I could to 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 make it. And that's, instead of going out with your friends and partying this and that when you're younger, I was in the backyard, you know, juggling a soccer ball, kicking it against the garage and breaking my you know, the windows. So, um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you have to look at it in perspective and I look back now and I wouldn't change it all because I, I love what I get to do every single day and that's kick a ball for a living. I'm, I'm trying to imagine a situation right now in which you are too small and not strong enough because I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine that. It's true, man. I got people, people, people don't give me the time of day because I was this little, I was this little run and just running around and, you know, people just kick me, you know, push me, and I'd fall over, and I have to get back up. And I think that's just, that's just. I think my dad was, my dad was hard on me, very hard on me. But uh, it, it was great because he was a hockey player that, you know, was a tough, tough guy, and he saw me like, you know, just kind of everybody was kind of going through their growth spurt before I was, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it took a little bit of time, and um, you know, he kept pushing me and because he saw the potential and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without him. It's a great story. Um, I wanted to ask about, you've had the opportunity a couple of times to do some commentary on NBC and, and so has Tim Howard, your national team teammate. Uh, what's it like getting on the other side of the microphone? It's definitely difficult, uh, <laughs> you know, for very, very difficult. And I give, I give the comment commentary uh you know uh, those guys very 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 massive amount of credit because it, it's easier said than done you know mm-hmm. i've been the guy like oh that why is he slaughtering this guy and, and for me as a as a player um you know being asked to commentate it, it's difficult because i know as a player um, when there's situations, if the guy's having a bad day or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things aren't just going well, or maybe the team's, you know, going down the side because, you know, the outside winger is not helping him out and the outside back is struggling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't ever want, I, as a player, I don't want to ever slaughter anybody. I just want to be, listen, he's, you know, maybe he's tactically, this team's working on his side because he's struggling. He's not finding his feet or whatever. So in that perspective, it's difficult to be very judgmental and very critical. You could say, I think that's the hardest thing that I could uh, could deal with because I'm still an active player. Uh, where I think sometimes it's easy just to criticize people and you know this and that. And like I said, we have commentators now in the states that act like they've never made a mistake in their life, right? And <laughs> and and that they're the best players to ever play. But if you look back in the time now. I don't know if they could play, and it's just one of those things that it, it's a it's a different it's it's a, a different style of football. It's it's changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. So being you have to you kind of uh, when you're in the moment, you're breaking down things very quickly. Um, you're looking at it in completely different per- perspective. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it helps you as a player because you're seeing things in a different angle, and you're seeing things from. Uh, a very broad and you know you know you're you're in a different position of watching the game instead of being in the action you can kind of tell that 
what's going on in that player's head when he made a step there when he should have dropped uh, because he sees something different where you see the bigger picture and you say, well, if you saw this, you wouldn't have stepped. Mm -hmm. So it's little things like that. You can be more critical and be like, why did you do that? Um, But as a player, you can say, this is the reason why from his perspective. So I think it it gives you um, both sides Mm -hmm. and I do enjoy it. Um, it's just a fine line that I have to, that I'm walking on and I don't want to go either side of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I also wanted to ask you about, you know, a lot of people in the media say, well, today's athletes don't have sort of the, they don't express their opinions on what's going in the wor- on in the world, like in the, maybe in the sixties and the seventies. Uh, there's a famous quote, I think from Michael Jordan about why he didn't get involved in politics by saying Republicans buy shoes too. Um, now, unlike a lot of athletes, you're not afraid to occasionally share your, your political thoughts on Twitter. Uh, it, it's fair to call you a Republican, correct? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> okay. But listen, I'm, 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 like, like I said, I'm, I'm a Republican, but I'm, I would, if I believe that someone was, you could say a Republican independent, because mm-hmm. if you could say someone that was, that I believed in that, you know, I, I agree with all their stuff and what they said and what they wanted to do to, you know, better our country and do the right things. Mm-hmm. I would vote for them because that that just shows that, you know, that you have an open mind. You're not narrow minded. And, you know, you can look at the different different types of people and, and, and different sides. But if you were to just say, I'm going to vote Republican and, and and this guy would be the worst person for the country, then then you don't realize that you're actually hurting the country just because you're choosing your side. So yeah. I think you have to keep that in mind. And I said, yeah, and I, I, I think there's like, like I said uh, before, people can, you know, tweet and view about their religion, this and that, when, you know, people have issues with that, where it's, it's very similar to political. I, I'm not, uh, I'm raising questions. I'm making people think I'm giving my thoughts and opinions but doesn't mean I'm right and just giving my thoughts and opinions. And the best ones are when you have people that tweet back at you and they, <laughs> and they think like, and they're going to town at you. I, I think it's just comical because um, are they, are they informed with enough information with themselves or are they just stuck on because they like this person or, right. you know, it, it, I like reading information and, and, and listening things. And I think you have more an appreciation of it when you're living abroad and, you know, you want to go back to your country and live there. And I think you take more pride in, and, uh, I think you miss, you miss, obviously I miss the U S I miss what it has to offer. And, um, I think when you step outside the box and you step outside the country, you'll appreciate what you have there, uh, significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you've traveled the world and I think it makes you appreciate a little, uh, things a little, uh, a little bit more. Uh, So I think it gives you, gives you more of a, more of um, energy to look into information and, and see how the, the countries run and, and see what things are happening around the world. I guess what I was going to say was, you know, I, without wanting to get into a debate on the politics themselves, I like it when professional athletes aren't afraid to take a stand on stuff in the wider world. Where does that come from with you? Um, I don't know. I think it's just, um, I think I get, it's because I get slaughtered every day for being called a yank and, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with issues that, uh, you know, guys bring up in, in training and, you know, people say around here and, 
you know, is uh, saying how, you know, closed-minded Americans are and mm. this and that. And these people say that half of the Americans don't leave the country. They don't never experience Europe and never traveled. But I'm a guy that's I've I've lived in the U.S. I've lived a- abroad. I'm not narrow-minded. I'm, you know, I'm very open-minded and mm-hmm. I see perspectives. I see different cultures. I've lived in, you know, different places. So, um, you know, I, and I get to argue with these guys every single day, um, especially, you know, it's, uh, the biggest one is, you will say the issue is, is, is um, gun control. And, and because of the mass killings and over here, there's no guns. It's very, very hard to get guns. Mm-hmm. But then I said, it's also, you know, playing devil advocate, I just say, well, have you looked at the size of your country <laughs> and you've seen the size of our country? I go, you can put England in Texas three times. And then you can tell me if you can control things, if you want to control things. So little things like that, we'll argue. And, but it's, it's just interesting because people, uh, people have, a, a, they love the, the U S they love to the travel. And I say, well, if they're, if they're making fun of us so bad, I said, don't come to our country <laughs> And go on vacation. <laughs> Don't go to Vegas or Miami. So, but it's all it's all in good fun. I think it's just me. Of, um, yeah, I think you know you're you're just getting your your daily arguments and your political arguments that you, you know you kind of get with your your friends now and then. And uh, I just get a little bit more because I'm the only American at the club now. So, which I did, I do wonder which player on your team at Stoke do you have the most fun with banter wise kind of going back and forth on politics wow um you know you can't I can't say just one I have <laughs> to say because we'll you know when guys are getting treatment then you know someone will just drop one line in there and then boom it goes off like <laughs> and everybody just starts saying things you know we we try to wind up one of our uh, our physios um she's very um like hard lined and, and we'll just say things just to uh, stir the pot a little bit. So things, people just fire things in, you know, it's all good banter and all fun, but you know, um, you could say the Irish guys, Scottish guys, uh, they're all, they all jump in. It's all, it's all good fun though. It's good great. Stuff. Um, obviously you clearly love the United States. We had several U S national team players come back to MLS for really good money. Guys like Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, Josie Altador. Is that something you'd be interested in, or do you want to stay in England right now? As of right now, I want to, I want to stay in England. Um, I mean, if the opportunity came up and, you know, it was a, a, an opportunity that I couldn't turn down, then, then maybe I would have to look at it. But um, for, for my career and, you know, um, where I am now, I still think uh, – that I'm playing at the highest level and I'm playing consistently. And, you know, the team, I sit in well with the team here. The coach likes me and, um, you know, I, 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 this is my home now. And, and I feel that, um, if, if things weren't right and, uh, but I, you never know. I mean, if, if, if they came in and gave me a really, really good offer that would set me up and it'd be very, very comfortable, then, I'd have to take a take a look at it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I I want to play Europa League. I I want to push for Champions League. I want to play in these these types of games, and I want to play in um, the big games against Man U, Man City, and mm-hmm. Chelsea. And um, it, it's a different different atmosphere. The pressure every single game. The you know the fighting the relegation teams to 
you know, you're playing, you're playing a club like Man United or, or Man City or, you know, Tottenham or Arsenal or whatever. You could say the top six, you could say, and then you're playing the bottom three or bottom four. They're just as tough, if not tougher, hmm. because they're fighting for their lives. And, and every single day you go to training, you're fighting for your job. You're fighting for uh, a place in, in the team in the, in the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I think the MLS is getting there. Uh, for sure, and I think it's going to take time. Um, but as of right now, I, that's that's uh, my head's at my head's in England. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do I do think about yeah, and maybe in a couple of years I have this year and two more years left. Mm-hmm. Um, that I you know hopefully you know I'll play out my three years. But if there's an opportunity to come up next year or something like that, I would have to take a look at it and say yeah. hey. You know, it would be better to, to go back to the States and finish my career there or continue to keep pushing and challenging myself here and, and try to last as long as I can here. So I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where I kind of live live now and in the moment. And um, here, uh, my focus is at Stoke and, and helping the team every single weekend and do whatever I can to, to win. I wanted to finish up with one question on the U.S. men's national team. Two big World Cup qualifiers coming up later this month against Guatemala. Are you feeling good about your role again as a central defender with a national team? Um, I don't, I'm not too sure. I, I mean, I obviously I know there's a lot of guys uh, that are you know uh, have given opportunities and and that are there to um, you know win the spot and, and challenge for the spot and play. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not really sure where where I'm at. Uh, I, all I know is uh, my play does the talking, and that's the only way I can I can go about it. I'm focused on my play, and if I'm playing here consistently every single weekend, and, and I come into camp and I work hard and I stay focused, and um, I think you know my abilities there to um, to show that you know I should be I should be the the main guy. But at the same time, you know that. Um, there might be different views and different opinions, but for me, like I said, the, my main focus is to keep working hard and make it difficult to, to the, the coach to, um, you know, uh, to drop me out or, or to, to not, select, you know, to select me. So, like I said, your play does the talking, and if you're playing well, you can't really ask questions. So um, that's why that's my main focus is every single day to be, be consistent, keep working hard and do all the things that I, that I continue to do every single day that help me get here where I am now and can continue to do that. Great stuff, Jeff. I want to thank you for joining us on the Planet Football Podcast. Congratulations on the season you've had and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Grant. Always a pleasure. I want to thank Jeff Cameron for taking the time to, to join us on this week's Planet Football Podcast. I also want to thank our esteemed panel of MLS experts previewing the MLS season. Grant Wall, Brian Strauss, Libby Bird, Alex Abnos, Alex also our producer. Uh, I am Avi Creditor. For all of our uh, MLS season preview content, definitely check it out on Planet Football and enjoy all the games on Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. 
you get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.